welcome aboard the battleship pretension i am tyler smith i'm david bax and thank you for listening david yes how you doing uh well uh like a lot of people i'm uh very sad today not because of the uh results of the presidential election uh, which were uh um finally concluded since we uh, recorded oh and thanks to scott and julie for talking dance movies uh with me for two on nearly two hours uh for, that was a lot for, of fun for filling in for the last uh, i know that i came came on to talk yeah. about uh, ennio morricone but uh but yeah thanks uh for to scott and uh julie for uh showing up showing up that sounds wrong for uh, taking time out of their busy schedule is what i should have said but uh, i really appreciate it uh yes um uh no i'm sad because of the passing of alex trebek someone who uh was uh, uh meant a lot to people of multiple generations i mean i've been uh, alex trebek has been a presence my entire life essentially or you know as long as i've been aware of uh yeah. of jeopardy i'm not sure what year he started hosting sometime in the 1980s um but yeah. uh uh, as long as I've been aware of it, he's been there and he's been, uh, I, I think for certain, uh, you know, smarty pants types, uh, he, he was kind of a, a role model. And I think it's, it really is, uh, you know, when I, when I would watch interviews with him, he seemed like a, a pretty decent and, uh, kind of a humble guy, uh, who just did his job very well. Um, it's just so interesting. I, I think about this, you know, I, I, these days, just because, I'm so tired and because uh, of where I am in my life, like I'm, I, I'm prone to melancholy even more so than most, uh, most of the time. And um, there's just something about someone like him who, you know, I, I've, I don't know if I've ever, I'm sure I've watched f uh, at least one full episode of Jeopardy, but I've seen sequences here and there. And my, sometimes I would just tune into it while it was on. And I think it's, you know, so I'm not the game show person that some people are, uh, but it's it was more than a game show. It was it was like this cultural touchstone. I mean, everybody knew what Jeopardy was, and everybody knew who Alex Trebek was. And so, you know, as as you get older, of course, there are people who there are people you know who pass away, and then there are people that you greatly admire, uh, you know, whose work you admire uh, who pass away. And then there are people who like Alex Trebek, who is not that I don't admire his work. It's just, it's not like he was a musician whose songs like really touched me. It's just, it's, it's this, this part of your life that you just unconsciously just kind of feel like will always be there um, because it's always been there in sort of in the background. And uh, I remember I read a, a C.S. Lewis book called the four loves, which he talks about like the four different types of, of love and, uh, and one of them had, to, I, I forget if it was called affection uh, or something, but it was basically about your love for just the, the mundane everyday things that you don't think about until they're gone. And it's not that I wasn't thinking about Alex Trebek uh, when he was alive. It's more just the realization that like, you know, obviously we're all getting older, but also just uh, nothing is, nothing is permanent. And obviously that's one of the things that makes things so special, but uh yeah, I, I found myself getting oddly emotional. It's not like he was a, a spring chicken, like both he was both ill and he was 80 years old. So, you know, he lived a, a long life. But nonetheless, there's just something about this 
the the face of this show that everybody knew about and the, and he's gone now and it seems somehow you know you've i've been reading about like people that could replace him and it's like it feels like he's irreplaceable because the show mm. is him like who on earth could you get to replace him because i don't know and and that's just the way things go maybe the show keeps going and they 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 put somebody in there and then another generation grows up with like oh this is the host of jeopardy just as for some people like the host of the price is right is drew carey and not bob barker but um yeah that's it's, so uh, strange by the way i like oh sure uh, i so like i've seen it happen my my wife watches the price is right a lot uh which means since we've been all working from home she's watching it while i'm home uh, uh, a lot of the time so i've watched a lot more of it in the recent months and every once in a while you hear someone accidentally say bob instead of drew mm. and I really, I think if I were somehow a contestant on the Price is Right, I would do that. I would, I would, I'm sure I sure. would do that. Especially if I wanted to bid one dollar, I would say one dollar, Bob, because that's that's yeah. a complete uh, uh, phrase. But I would never be a contestant on the Price is Right because I do not have enough, uh, enough energy. They want people with energy, and yeah. I'd be like, "How's it going, Drew?" Uh, but <laughs> no, we're not here. We're not talking about uh, Price is Right. We're yeah. talking about Alex Trebek. Um, uh, yeah, who uh, 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 I loved him for making TV. Uh, that was for everyone and yet smart it feel that feels like oh. an air like a uh, a remnant of the past when you had people like edward r murrow on the tv where you were yeah. uh you know you were looking up to people on tv as uh, uh as being uh uh smart and being someone to to look up to not just i guess uh, this is going to sound old but not like let's laugh at these dumb people which is like a huge sure uh, a huge subset of what tv uh is now um and i will also mention alex trebek big hockey fan and so much sure. beloved in the hockey community i actually watched some clips of him hosting the 1993 nhl awards uh mm. from toronto um um and uh, where he comes out um, with a fake like mullet, like uh, like <laughs> long gray hairs, like sort of taped to the back of like glued to the back of his actual gray hair, which is also like that's twenty seven years ago. He was already gray then. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember like when he shaved his mustache, and I was like, oh yeah. man, I, how could I ever think of him the same way? Um, but. Uh, and and I actually did see you know obviously there have been a lot of clips floating around of him lately and uh, there's one where there's like a sports category and it's like the last category on the board like all three contestants like went for everything else except that and then you know one question by one um, they just keep not getting it and like Alex Trebek is getting irritated and like eventually like lets them know that and and it's something that i kind of like that yeah yes this is a show that that champions intellect but it also champions a variety of intellect and how did hey, he let them know what did he say uh you know what i don't i'll be honest i don't remember because i got uncomfortable um so i didn't oh, I watch it all the way that. through i gotta but, find uh, that clip but yeah so uh but it was interesting um that you mentioned he was a hockey fan. And I think he's also somebody who took the show seriously. It's like, this isn't just something for a very specific type of nerd, like knowledge com comes in all shapes and sizes, you know? Um, and I remember, uh, 
I remember years ago when the Sklar brothers were on uh, BP and they were talking about how like when sports people like look down on on nerd culture and meanwhile, they'll like scamper back and like write down all the statistics uh, yeah. for a, a specific team. It's like, yeah, we all have our thing. And uh, and so. I myself am not a, am not a sports fan, but I, I do recognize that like, yeah, if, if you're going to know things, if, if you're going to like make your bones on like knowing things, then you have a responsibility to try to know as much as you can. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Alex Trebek, uh, RIP. I, RIP. I feel, uh, feel sad about it. Yeah. Uh, but you know what will make you feel better is some tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, today I was listening to, I've, uh, I've been on a real black metal kick lately. And so okay. today I was listening to a new, or by new, I mean 2020. I'm not sure exactly when it came out, but a new album by a Belgian band with a Dutch name. They're called antzat or antsat i'm not sure how you uh pronounce their name but i know how you pronounce the name of their album because uh thankfully it's in english um as metal albums tend to be uh or latin uh no uh, it's called for you men who gaze into the sun and uh it's really uh powerful soaring epic black metal um and i uh i, I really dug it and it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Tweakedaudio.com earbuds are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tyler. All right. Yeah. Let's get into it. Shall we? Indeed. Uh, on the, uh, on a recent, uh, either a recent Patreon or a Patreon that is about to be posted because we right. record them back to back. So sometimes I forget what, <laughs> what was said when, uh, uh, I, I mentioned John Wayne's, uh, the introduction of John Wayne's character in Stagecoach as being a great character introduction. And, yeah. and you said, why don't we do an episode on, uh, great character introductions? Um, and I feel like, uh, this will be fun, but also I'm, I'm more, almost more looking forward to the comments and tweets we get because sure. I'm, I will admit that this is not the type of thing. Like when someone says one, I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's good. But it's not the type of thing I'd necessarily have a great memory for off the top of my head. So I feel like I'm probably forgetting a lot. Once I started and, making my list, I realized like, Oh, this is too big of a topic. Uh, oh really? Okay. There, there'll See, be I have not the too big, but like, there'll be so many, yeah. um, that, that I'm missing. Uh, you know, I went first by like my own memory and then I went through like my, my list of like my favorite movies of all time. And, you know, when you, as is often the case, like when you tie something not to the movie, but to individual characters, you could have three great introductions in one movie. Sure. Um, and yeah. so, uh, that's when you realize like, Oh, there's a lot, there's a lot here. So, well, I'll um, say, so um, I think I'm just going to be scratching the surface. Yeah, me too. I'm sure. Um, but I think, uh, a main problem I have is trying to differentiate a great 
introduction to a movie, like a great opening scene. Yep. So like, I love the opening of train spotting with, with Renton's yeah. whole monologue, but is that actually a good introduction to Renton or is it just a great opening of the movie that I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I had the same thought as I was going through writing some of these down. There are a few that I'm like, damn, like this character is introduced at the beginning of the movie and they're introduced like who's to say that they're treating the character this way because of the character or it's like well we got to start the movie off in a in, in a good way like for example uh the limey okay so it's playing the seeker and it's showing uh it's showing uh the character of wilson played by terrence stamp um you know coming to to los angeles and and so it's a montage and it definitely introduces us to him, but it also introduces us to the movie, to the editing style, to despite the fact that it takes place in 1999, like being very 60s uh, informed. And so that's one that I put on, took off and then put back on. Um, and then similarly, I'm, I feel conflicted about the opening to Miller's Crossing, which I realized like. I wrote down like, oh, it's a good intro for Leo, Tom, the Dane, and Casper. It's like, so it's a good intro to everybody in that scene. I think it's safe to say that's just the intro to the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I did, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I tried to differentiate where I could. So let me, I'll just throw out some that I think are just good opening scenes of movies that might also serve. These are things from, I, I peruse my own Blu-ray and DVD collection to try and get ideas. Um, the Hurt Locker has an amazing opening. Okay. I don't. I don't know if that's a great uh, introduction to the 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 character I, because I mean, I, in a way, it's been a while since I've watched the Hurt Locker, but uh, I feel like that opening is more of an ensemble piece, and the movie the movie becomes very much about Jeremy Renner's character. Yeah. So I'm not sure that uh, opening scene. I, I don't remember the opening scene actually. I haven't seen it since oh, it came out. It's the one that uh, Guy Pierce is in. The one scene that Guy Pierce is in. Oh, that's right. And yes, then he yes, dies. Of course. Um, but also Anthony Mackie's in that scene, right? I believe it, so. Yeah. And so it really feels like this team of bomb, like, uh, diffusers, whatever they're called sure. the bomb squad or whatever. It feels like a, an, uh, an ensemble piece, but it's just a great scene. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, another one from my, uh, collection. Oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue and now I lost it. Uh, Oh, well, um, but I will mention, uh, um, cool hand. Luke has an amazing opening, Yes, but, it does. But it's also kind of, that's kind of an interesting, I think it is a good character introduction, um, but it's also interesting because it, he's Luke is so like pathetic in that moment, like at the mm -hmm. beginning, like he's just doing, he's drunk and he's doing a dumb thing. Yeah. Like because he's drunk and he feels like, like destroying these parking meters, he's just doing that and singing. And, he, and it's like, it's kind of pathetic and it's kind of an interesting way to start a movie going, yep, here's, here's your hero. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting in that it's, uh, uh, cause a lot of great character intros, I talk about the, the, Maybe the first one that came to mind for me is Philip Seymour Hoffman and Charlie Wilson's War. Oh, sure. That that scene with him uh, telling off John, his boss, John Slattery. Yeah. That's a scene that tells us everything we need to know about that character. Yeah. Know exactly who he is. Whereas Cool Hand Luke is kind of the opposite. It it uh, uh, it, it, it gives us a picture of uh, of of him. Not that he ever becomes like part of what's 
uh, fascinating about Luke is not that he ever like takes on the mantle of leadership and takes on and like becomes a responsible person. He's just right. an indefeatable spirit. Um, yeah. and, uh, uh, so that's an interesting character introduction because we're seeing him as he is, but also we will learn a lot more, uh, uh about him. Along um, those lines, uh, I will say the the introduction is the first scene of the film, but it's also the character introduction. And that's uh, Rushmore where uh, with the character of Max, where uh, he's in uh, a classroom and there's uh, a, a math problem like on the side board. And it's it was written there as a joke because it's like the hardest one, uh, hardest math problem anybody could think of. And someone's like, well, what 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 if someone actually does? And he goes. And the teacher's like, let me put it this way. If anybody in here solves this, I'll make sure none of you ever open a math book again. And so everyone like looks to Max and he goes, oh, you know, are you talking to me? And then he like walks over and like does it easily, I think while also holding a cup of tea. Uh, and then he gets it and everyone cheers. And then it's revealed that that's like a, 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 fa a fantasy in his own mind. Um, and that tells you a lot about the character that he wants to be seen as exceptional. Um, and he wants to be seen as beloved by, by people. Um, and the fantasy itself is ridiculous. And so, uh, I feel like that's, you know, it's the, it's the first scene of the film really. Uh, but it also is, uh, a good intro to him, both who he, who he wants to be. He doesn't think he's this, but who he wants to be. And the fact that that's who he wants to be tells us a great deal about him before we ever establish who he actually is. You know, it's uh, another great thing about being uh, home all the time is I can uh, uh, ask my wife for help in, in, in preparing. And she mentioned not Rushmore specifically, but just that Wes Anderson across the board uh, uh, is really good at introducing yeah. characters. I mean, she mentioned Margot Tenenbaum uh, as being a very uh, memorable character introduction yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, which also helps me because I realized that a lot of my list was men and I was like uh, trying to think of uh, some great uh, female character introductions. Um, another one my wife came up with that uh, uh, I think is terrific and very long is the introduction to, and I'm forgetting her name, but Lucy Liu's character in Kill Bill, the whole sure. like animated like backstory uh, is, is, is fascinating. Um, uh, also in Kill Bill, I will say uh, L driver. And while it may be a little Daryl bit too, Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it may be a little bit too uh, precious, but like she's walking around dressed like an old timey nurse as she like whistles this uh, upbeat tune. Um, and I think that's the first that we see of her and she's got that eye patch. Right. And it's the first we see of her. Um, and then once she finally arrives at her destination, um, she uh, she's about to kill someone and you see that she's really tough as nails. So I feel like that's a pretty good uh, intro as well. Uh, uh, all right. So well, sticking with women and just amazing opening sequences that I don't know, is this a great character introduction or is this just this? Uh, uh, I feel like. No, look, people our age will never get to experience the twist in Psycho for the first time sure. or whatever. So, I, you know, it's I, I don't want to say like, oh, I feel sorry for young people. Every generation has this thing. Sure. But for us, I don't think younger people might understand what it was like to see The Matrix in the theater when it first came out. Because what people don't understand is we it's the rare it was the rare marketing campaign, in which we really didn't know what the movie was. Yeah. And so when Trinity like runs along the wall, you know, and like jumps and stops in midair and kicks that cop or whatever, like I, it's, 
I can't, I have rarely been able to replicate that feeling in a, in a, in a movie theater. It was, and part of that is that I'm 17 or I was probably 16 yeah. at the time. Well, I probably hadn't even turned 17 yet, uh, at the time. Um, and you tend to feel things, you know, there's a reason everyone's favorite music is the music that came on. They were teenagers. Like, sure. So maybe I'm too jaded to feel the way I felt, uh, uh, in that moment now. But, um, uh, uh, again, I'm not sure that we actually learn a lot about Trinity there. So maybe it's just a great opening scene. Yeah. I think, I think it, it, it lets you know more what the movie is. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's an interesting it shows her as a very able character, obviously, and someone that uh, that can handle herself. So there is that. But uh, the same would be true of any character that was doing that in the moment. Um, there's nothing, I think, unique to her, but it's certainly okay. a good opening to the film. Um, uh, I, I want to get to one more. Uh, I've got a few more, actually. Let's I want to stick with this theme of is it just a great opening? Or yeah, is it a I, have good a, I have a few of those character? and I'm uh, yeah, let's knock those out. That's good. So. So here's a couple I think are just great openings. I said I was going to avoid any MCU, but I do love the Guardians of the Galaxy and him singing "Come and Get Your Love." Uh, sure, that's I love that scene. That's a good but, intro for him. Yeah. But that could just be that I just like the song. You know, same with like the opening yeah. of Baby Driver is another music, another music heavy movie that I just love. That is a John Spencer song uh, uh, at the beginning. Not the guy who played Leo on the West Wing. Um, right the guitarist john spencer um i have my like, theories they're the same person. <laughs> um but i don't know if that counts as a as a great opening i also don't know this one i feel like you've maybe seen more recently than i have yeah. or maybe not i feel like we talked about it recently we talked about ennio morricone but once upon a time in the west has an amazing opening sequence yes. a very patient intention building amazing opening sequence um but I feel like I'm on the fences because I, I mean, harmonica is a badass in that. And we learn he's a badass. So is that a great character introduction? I think, I think it's, I it's think on it the could, fence. I think it okay. counts partially because, you know, what I, I just, he doesn't what show up until like that whole, whole opening sequence is like a full 10 minutes. Right. Right. And like, uh, uh, they're waiting for him. So like, most of it is before he even gets there, but maybe that's what makes it a great introduction. Th- they're waiting a lot of the movie, a lot of the introductions that I've incorporated here, in, involves some level of buildup by other characters so that okay. when they show yeah, I've up, I've got some of those, uh, so that when they show up, it's a nice payoff. But I think all of that counts, you know, those guys are not there by happenstance. They're there like waiting for him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're waiting for him. So that speaks to his character. That speaks to, you know, that like, all right, they are, there are several of them and they are waiting in their tents and they know that like this, we'll see how this goes. And then sure enough, the payoff is yeah they they had reason to be tense like he kills them all um <laughs> but uh, um, uh let's see okay and then uh, wait uh, i want to get i want to get opening scenes out of the way here okay because i've got um one more that i was trying this is what i was trying to think of earlier for my movie collection the opening of four weddings and a funeral which is just sure. hugh grant saying fuck like i think 20 times in a row uh great opening i guess it's a good introduction to certain aspects of his character mm-hmm. uh but i'm not sure if it counts and then another one that I think both works as a great opening and a great opening, uh, a great character introduction is American psycho and the whole, yeah. uh, the whole, um, uh, uh, voiceover monologue about who he is, uh, and what he does. And, and, uh, I am simply not there and, uh, all that stuff while we're seeing this him be kind of ridiculous. That, that, that movie becomes funnier every time I watch it. I think the first time I saw it, 
when it came out when i was still in high school maybe right after high school was that summer of 2000 i can't remember um, i believe so yeah um yeah right after high school then um like i knew that there were funny parts but i don't think i really got how much american psycho was a comedy and yeah. now when i watch that opening sequence it's like it's very well written and beautifully uh uh read that that voiceover monologue but it's also the comparison with the uh pampered wall street uh douchebag yeah. that we're watching uh and his monologue about how terrifying he is um is is hilarious uh okay so looking at opening uh sequences i've got a few okay let me make sure i i'm not missing any of them okay so just to, i'm gonna rattle off a few and some of them again are a little bit a little bit iffy. So, um, the introduction of the character of Kane in Alien, um, which is I'm not counting like all of the spaceship waking up, but that moment where the sleep you know the the, the freezers open and the light comes on and and then like he sits up and he's his eyes are shut at first and then he slowly wakes up. I'm not sure if that's a good character intro because that he just is the first one that woke up. Mm -hmm. there's nothing unique about him in particular in that moment. So I'm not sure about that. <clears throat> then of course there's the other cane, um, which is the opening to citizen cane where we are slowly, but surely work our, working our way towards that window. And then he says rosebud and then he, uh, and then he dies. Um, it's a good intro to any character. And I guess when it comes down to it, it's like, well, that's, this doesn't tell us much about him. It's like, yeah, that's the whole point of the movie. And then right after that, we get a newsreel that tells us everything superficial about him. Um, so, uh, so I think that there's a cleverness there as well. Uh, I will say uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the, the introduction to Indiana Jones, like we see okay. a lot of walking through the jungle and we see his back. And then when someone pulls a gun on him, he pulls his whip and then he steps into the light and it's a nice moment. Um, the introduction of Batman in Tim Burton's Batman, um, where uh, he stops oh, these yeah. two guys and then literally says, I'm Batman. Yeah. Um, the introduction of defense from falling down. Okay. Which, you know, is, is again, an introduction to the movie itself and just the, the, the nightmare landscape of uh, Los Angeles. The opening of Sexy Beast um, being the introduction to Ray Winstone's character as he oh. uh, uh, lies by the pool in a Speedo. Well, it's interesting you say that because I had Don Logan on my list. I have as, that there as well, yeah. Okay, as the thing you were talking about earlier, someone who was built up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I will also include uh, the Blues Brothers where you have Jake being released from jail. And so he's walking along and then they show like, here's the, the contents of his, uh, of his, yeah. uh, of his pockets when he was uh, detained. And then he gets out and his brother is waiting for him in the, in the cop, the old cop car. And, um, and so then they hug as the music comes in. Like it's th those characters never say anything. Um, and so, but there's so much there's so much build up around his release and when you see that they're dressed the same once he is allowed his clothes again uh so I, I think that's a pretty good character intro and a good intro not just to jake but to elwood as well um so i think that's all i have as far as like introduction like opening uh, like scenes opening scenes oh shit i thought um you know I what keep i thinking guess of more i guess like cabaret has a great opening number mm. i don't know if that's an introduction to the mc um but uh uh, I'm trying to remember because it's been so long since I've seen Blade. 
that mm. i've never uh, seen blade oh okay i'm trying to remember what happened like is the when he he shows up at the vampire like blood rave you know you at least know of the scene right i, I know of that yes, yes. yeah uh, and and kicks all these vampires asses i think that's a i think that's the opening of the movie but it, uh, it's been so long since i've seen it that i don't entirely remember but it's a good uh action uh yeah i guess we don't we, i i didn't think about like action movies having someone who's the first thing they do is kick a bunch of people's asses i guess trinity is the same thing sure uh you know what? Um, I did. Uh, Jen and I recently rewatched uh, Rear Window, and the introduction to Jimmy Stewart's character is so good because we the camera just goes through his apartment, and you see uh, photos that he's taken, and then you see a photo of like a, a race car coming right towards him, and then you then you pan down and you see a, a broken camera, and then you see him sitting there with broken legs. And it tells you everything about what got him into this situation, um, which oh, I guess is great. also kind of an introduction I to the watch character. That again. Man, yeah. it's a good movie. Um, and I guess in a way, uh, the, the the introduction to Darth Vader in the first Star Wars, like a lot of stuff happens before he officially shows yeah. up. Yeah, that's a character um, introduction. Yeah. But I, I would, you know, uh, yeah, but that's definitely him. Um, okay, so I think that, I guess the the... Maybe the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, as far as the introduction to Buster, um, the, like his is the first story, and he shows up singing a song. Um, I don't know if that's. I mean, it's an introduction to a movie that's like like five different stories, and so it's really just the introduction to the first story, but also this character. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I forgot an obvious one, which is The Godfather, which uh, sure. is sure. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I love that, uh, that intro, um, because I guess, uh, similar to the introduction is very similar, to, or I guess rather the introduction to Leo and Miller's crossing is very similar to sure. this and that, uh, the character with the more power, uh, is the one not talking. We, we have a whole long speech from someone else first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember how they shoot, uh, the opening of Miller's crossing, but I do know that I think we, we stay on, uh, uh, what Bonacera, um, in the Godfather, we stay on him as he's talking about, like, right. I believe in America and all that. And then once he is done, then we cut to Vito. Um, yeah, that's great. And so that it's, it's more, it feels, like, it feels like more of a reveal. That's one that I've, I've seen the Godfather countless times, but I feel like it's been a while since I've seen it. I feel like I need to appreciate it again. Um, okay. So, so many of my movies are what we are talking about where there are characters talking about a character before he shows up, uh, he or she shows up and, and so I think the next next will be that um, okay. for me. So like, um, well, I mentioned Don Logan. Don Logan is a, is a big one, and also when we first see him on screen, like there's that really um, heavy hitting music as he's like walking through the airport. So it's like a nice little montage as well. And then he has a wonderful first line. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. Where he says. He says, I've got to change my shirt. It's sticking to me. I'm sweating like a, and then he says the C word. Um, (laughs) So that's his first line. Um, But uh, so um, I'll say the nightmare before Christmas with Oogie Boogie, like there's a whole song about him. There are other characters who, who warn about him. And then when he finally does show up, it's such a nice moment. Like where you see all of these, 
all this this gambling motif in his lair and then he finally starts talking and he sings that wonderful song i feel like that's there's a lot of build up there um and then uh i will say let's see uh the character of arthur arthur lee allen in zodiac uh, of course, there's a buildup insofar as they are talking about the killer a lot. They don't know much about him, but you know, as they're getting tip-offs, we need to know why they're looking at this guy in particular. And then when he does show up, like we see like shots of of him walking up before he says anything, and we immediately know like there is something. There's reason that this guy is being uh, looked at. Uh, and of course, it's a wonderful performance by uh, John Carroll Lynch. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, Willy Wonka in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate see, Factory. I, I had, I, I have two. Uh, well, I already mentioned all my ones that are in this category of someone who's given a build, uh, a big buildup. Uh, I feel like are already going to be on your list. So one was Don Logan. Okay. Another one is definitely Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. that's a fantastic. Uh, uh, introduction because everyone's talking about him um, and uh, uh, and then he uh, tells us he sort of shows us why they're talking about him uh, so we, we meet him and we're like oh he's this great uh, uh, old candy tycoon or whatever yeah. uh, uh, and then he pulls his little uh, cane somersault uh, uh, trick and uh, yeah, that 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 um, uh, gives us only reason to talk about him, and also says, like, as we were talking about earlier, says a lot about him as a character. Uh, I will inc- I will say the character of John Doe in Seven. Um, I mean, he's interacted with the characters, but the first time we actually see him, you know, he's just standing there. He's cut his fingertips, his fingerprints off, and he says, "I believe you've been looking for me." And it's just like. And he, I believe he yells detective, like he brings, like everyone's attention is on him at that moment. Um, and certainly they've been talking about him as a concept, not necessarily who he is as a person, but they do, you know, I think they, they found his like apartment and they read his journal. So you, you do hear a lot about him in some cases in his own words, uh, before you see him. Um, and along those lines, I'll, I'll say Hannibal Lecter in silence. Of the okay. Uh, well, another the other one, the last one on my list of you hear a lot uh, about him first. That's Harry Lime. I assumed Harry Lime would be on your okay. list as yeah, well. Yeah, toward the top. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, it's it's a great intro. And what's interesting is because the what you only hear about Harry Lime in the past tense, so you don't expect to be introduced to the character. Right. Uh, yeah. you know? And so I think that's a it's a nice little uh, perversity there. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any any other like people talk about this person um not that i can say i guess uh, the the introduction to minnesota fats and the hustler uh people are oh, talking a little see, bit about I him about that yeah uh as like a legend and what i like about him is that he essentially gets like two introductions there's when he first shows up and everyone's like you know very reverential towards him and then there's halfway through the game that has been going on forever and then he he ducks into the other room and he's been like he's like in his his tie and his vest and his shirt sleeves all rolled up and then he goes into the he's other sweating room. like a seaward okay <laughs> exactly uh and then he goes uh, into the other room and like washes up and tightens you know tightens his tie and puts his jacket back on and like powders his hands and he goes fast eddie let's play some pool and it's such a it's like 
easily just completely re reinvigorated and almost reintroduced. Like, yeah, no, I'm back again. It's me again. Remember? Um, and I, I love that one. moment. Uh, uh, and I think that's, I guess, you know what, I guess, uh, there is, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Al Capone and the untouchables, but then the moment when he is introduced and you see like the lavish hotel and all that, uh, that's, that's a good introduction as well on its own. Um, uh, here, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to, okay. We're, we're moving on from, uh, uh, things like, I guess this kind of goes back to opening scene, but this is very clearly a character introduction. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to talk about one before I say the name of the movie, I'm going to paraphrase Tom Sharpling describing yeah. this, mo- uh, uh, the moment he knew he loved this movie. Uh, he said, <laughs> uh, he said, uh, five minutes into the movie, Quinn Tarantino does the stupidest thing I've ever seen in a movie and I loved it and I knew I was hooked. And that's Hans Landa pulling out the comically large pipe in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And the the fact like the uh, and Tom Sharp thing was right. The fact that that didn't like break the suspension of disbelief no. says a lot about his control of the scene and Christoph Waltz's control of that, of that character. It's, uh, yeah. that's a terrific character introduction. That's, that's, uh, um, funny and then turns very, very, uh, unfunny. Um, because yeah, the, obviously the, the, the smoking pipe is hilarious. I also love the, when he says that, uh, cause he wants to switch to English so that the people hiding under the, the, the floorboards don't know what they're saying, but he says like, I think I've exhausted my limited French, but they've been carrying it on this entire yeah. whole conversation yeah. in French. He's like, <laughs> At, by weird coincidence, we happen to only use the words so far yeah. that I know. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's see, looking at this. Um, yeah. Now it's, now it's just a little bit random, uh, like characters sort of entering the, uh, which I guess there's a fair amount of buildup to the character of Charlie Meadows and Barton Fink. Um, like we hear him laughing or crying. Oh, yeah. Somebody, you know, Barton is talking about him uh, in his own uh, expressing concern, but also kind of complaining. And then we hear the, we hear all this stuff behind the wall and then hear like the very loud clomping over yeah. to Barton's door. Uh, and then, uh, so I feel like that's a pretty good, uh, a really good intro him um you see you go deep uh, this is what i knew would happen is you're going deeper than than i am um I'm sorry uh no <laughs> why would you be sorry i don't know i don't want to make you feel bad <laughs> uh no no i, I do i'd be bad at this so i've got big like more obvious grand en- entrances like okay i know that we don't like this guy anymore but we don't like john wayne either or any of these people yeah. but um uh, the introduction of Jack Sparrow in the first parts of the Caribbean is yeah. so great. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's great because of what Johnny Depp's doing and also because of what Gore Verbinski is doing. Uh, yeah. uh, and, uh, the, you know, the entire ship sinking just, uh, because like there's this big, this really epic heroic music and yeah, everything it's, it's, it's everything an introduction should be. And then there's what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I interrupted. I apologize. No, uh, I mean, I've, I've still got, uh, uh, I still got two, I've got two big ones that I'm surprised we haven't gotten to yet. Okay. Um, but one, I don't want to steal from you cause I know what's on your list. Sure. And the other one is almost certainly on your list as well. So I'll go with the other one that is almost certainly on your list, but isn't one I know, okay. which is of course, Omar Sharif in Lawrence of Arabia. That's, that's way um, up there. Yeah. 
I feel like that's one, and maybe this, I'm not sure if this is still true, but that's a sequence that I knew of before I saw it. Like that's how much, uh, how indelible that, that was. I'm not even sure how, if it, if I saw it spoofed somewhere or whatever, but like, yeah. I, I knew of this sequence where we see uh, a rider approaching across the desert from a long, long way, uh, yeah. uh away. Um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, it's still just, a, a, even knowing it was in the movie, it's still powerful when it happens. Uh, and speaking of another David Lean movie, the introduction of Colonel Nicholson in the bridge on the Requi, which is like, shows up with this big fanfare of whistling, um, you know, all these, uh, British prisoners being marched right. into the, the camp and then he's at the, at the head of it. So, um, and, and like that tells you so much about the character that, he's in charge and he's saying like, all right, guys, uh, we're going to whistle a merry tune as we, uh, as we come into our prison camp. It's just so we know that uh, just so they know they haven't broken our spirit. Like he's just such a, he's such an appearances type of guy. I don't mean that in a, in a, in a superficial way, but like, you know, he, he does the, he makes the bridges as best he can because, uh, he's, he wants future generations to know like what we're capable of and that they haven't broken us. Like that's his whole thing throughout the whole movie. Uh, and, uh, and the fact that they come in, it, it's a little jarring uh, the way they, they come in. Um, and uh, let's see a few other, a few other things. Um, uh, I'll take, yeah, I'll take those off. I do think um the introduction to, I feel like the Coen brothers are, are pretty good with character introductions. Um, the introduction to Marge Gunderson in Fargo is great because you first see her as a domestic character. Uh, and then um, you see just how brilliant she is as a, as a detective. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. then also obviously the introduction of Jesus in the big Lebowski is. Oh a, yeah really strong character introduction for a character that doesn't what? even matter <laughs> which yeah. i love what's the line in fargo though it's like uh, i'm not sure i agree with your detective work there harv or something like that uh, uh yeah uh, like not sure i agree 100 percent with your police work there and i don't remember his la his name yeah um uh yeah i uh i make reference to that sometimes oh yeah absolutely um so uh so who who else you got we can go with the obvious one uh, the obvious for, that one would be yeah. on, on, on mine, which is Quint. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his fingers his, on the chalk, fingernails on the chalkboard. Yeah. The, the whole, uh, 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 for that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. And he's just eating crackers the whole time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. And I mean, it needs to be a forceful introduction because we don't see this character. We do see him briefly watching something else. And then we don't hear from him again until he shows up in earnest in like the third act of the film. You know, I mean, so when we do finally see him again, it can't be, it can't feel perfunctory. It can't feel like, yeah, yeah, they showed him, he showed up at the beginning, but now here he is. Like we need to, in a way, almost be waiting for him to come back because he's so forceful in that moment. Um, and yeah, the fingernails on the chalkboard thing is just like, it's so very quint uh yeah. and it's and it's it's a little ballsy i think for spielberg to incorporate that because that's such a horrible noise it like even really thinking about is. it now it gets yeah. to me sets my teeth um, on edge yeah <laughs> uh okay so what else uh i have i have I, five more and i'm sure I've i'm got, missing a million of them 
uh, I've got three more, and you know what? Uh, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, I will. I will well, how about okay? You go. You have five, so you okay. you do one, and then we'll switch off. Okay, I'll say the introduction of Nick Charles in uh, the Thin Man, oh, it's where you you see the first time you see him. Unsurprisingly, you see him uh, mixing, uh, instructing somebody on how to mix a martini, and he's like dancing around as he like mixes it, uh, and then you realize that he's been mixing it for himself, and he's lecturing, I think, the bartender uh, on how to do it right, and uh, that is maybe the most appropriate <laughs> character introduction in any movie ever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's there's one that's that's one of mine there. Um, uh, okay, I'm gonna start with with one uh, that it's not that it's a great necessarily introduction that we learn about the character. It's just indelible. Everyone remembers it. Uh, everyone who's seen the movie remembers it. And it is when I I thought of it today, and I was like, oh, what about this? My wife was like, so cute. Uh, and that's uh, Gene Seberg in, in Breathless shouting sure. New York Herald Tribune. I thought I knew where you were going until you said cute. Yeah. And then I realized you're probably not talking about Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> no, Massacre. No, not, not Leatherface. <laughs> uh, but, uh, which but is yeah, one I mean, of that's, mine, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a very memorable uh, mm -hmm. uh, sequence, and I can still hear her saying it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. all right. Uh, and so, yeah, Leatherface is, is I'll just, that that's mine there um, just now, um, because... Uh, yeah, and there's build up to him, but we have no idea what's being built up to. Um, we see we've seen like the hitchhiker, and we don't necessarily know that he's connected, but he's you know he's a uh, an indicator of, of bad things to come. And then we see the we see the house, and something is just very wrong. And then then Leatherface shows up with that hammer and smack, and then you know shutting that door is like the most violent thing in the film. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's just, man, and what a forceful, what a forceful entrance. Uh, all right. My next one is, it's a joke one, but uh, okay. uh, the introduction to my favorite character in Goodfellas, Jimmy two times. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'll, you know, I like, I realize that I like the movie a civil action more than basically everybody. Um, but I do love the introduction to Robert Duvall's character. He is our anti, he's not a villain, but he's our antagonist. And one thing that is constantly said about that, uh, that character, both because I did read the book that it's based on. And then in the movie, he, he's just so unassuming. Like the introduction is that he's, he has like hold himself away in just like some small library uh, cubby and he's listening to a Red Sox game and he's eating a sandwich and chips. Uh, and then someone comes to like deliver. Um, and he just kind of looks like an, like a, like a sort of a doddering old man. Um, and then someone comes to like deliver this paperwork and he immediately is like, he goes, Oh, when did someone ask you to give this to me? And the guy's like, uh, the guy plays by played by Josh uh, Pice actually says uh oh they just you know they just told me now he goes on your lunch break that doesn't seem fair and he goes oh i don't have time i don't have time for lunch he goes oh man he goes well i would recommend he's like i would recommend you you taking a lunch break find a nice secluded area where no one can find you maybe listen to a, a game if one was on and make it clear that if anyone had any sense of self-preservation at all they would never interrupt it and it's like this <laughs> and it's so it's just like so straightforward and again it seems almost folksy because it's robert duvall and it just says everything about this character like oh shit like he's 
he'll be really friendly when he destroys you. Um, and like, clearly like it is that, that, and it's also very well written, um, and, and well delivered. Uh, but, um, but clearly it made an impression on me seeing as how I just quoted it, having not seen the film in who knows how long, but I love that introduction of, you know, of a, in a lesser known movie, uh, by a lesser known, uh, you know, in a, of a lesser known character. Um, what else you got? Uh, the last one on my list uh, is a personal favorite, and I had to I had to pick one, by which I mean two characters, but they're introduced together. But this is a movie that has it's an ensemble, and each character gets their own introduction. I could have picked multiple ones. I could sure. have picked uh, um, Parker Posey and Michael Hitchcock, but instead I decided to pick Cookie and Jerry Fleck in Best in Show. That first like little podunk. Uh, 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 dog show competition yeah. uh we go to we we see we hear like we, we find out that they sing songs about terriers but also we've got uh the this this is uh my sense of humor and i feel like this is one thing my wife and i have such in common is like people who aren't really funny being funny is super funny to us sure. uh and so the whole like you know, we want to see, uh, we're going to go to Philadelphia. Oh, are you going to go to where they make the cream cheese? And Cookie's like, I want to see where they make the light cream cheese. And then Jerry is like, that building's not made out of brick. <laughs> that, that's right. Those kind of corny bad jokes are, oh, they're, they're catnip to me. I, I love that stuff so much. And that is the exact type of joke that character would make. Like those, <laughs> yeah. those, those actors are really tuned into their characters. Or later um, when, be when he meets John McLean's character, who's wearing a name tag that says Mary and he finds oh out gosh. he sewed his own leather pants and he goes, are you proud Mary? Yeah. And then Jack McLean's goes, who are you all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Top it's five funniest movies ever made in my opinion. Uh, it's, I don't know if I'd go that far, but, uh, it's up there. It's, it's hard to beat. I do laugh a lot. Um, okay. So I have two left. One is, uh, the character of Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood, uh, where oh, we yeah. first see him, like Ed happens to see someone that looks like Bella Lugosi in a casket and he walks up and you see him just laying there and then his eyes open and he goes too constrictive. Um, and it's such a nice, a nice moment. And the music even changes. It kind of has this Slavic quality to it, which I really like. Uh, and then the last one that I'll mention is the introduction of death in the seventh seal, um, where he just, I mean, it comes out of nowhere. He just suddenly is there on the beach. Um, and uh and it's so and it's just you know the it's overcast and all that so it's not like it's a sunny beach but you know it's this nice scene of nature and then he, there he is like this this big black blot uh on on the scenery and uh and i love that so much and in a way it's like it's a perfect embodiment of death that like you're just doing whatever and well there he is and you can't uh, really get away from him so um but yeah as as you mentioned uh listeners i'm sure there are, are literally thousands that we didn't mention uh that didn't yeah. occur to us so please feel free to, to weigh in yeah let us know all right well you can find us at battleshipretention.com you can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com you can follow me david on twitter at davy pretension uh this week on the website you can read my reviews of christopher landon's freaky and francis lee's ammonite which um I have to try very hard not to say like, uh, uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, ammo night. You can follow. You know what? They should have thought of that before they named the movie. Like they Uh, had to know. (laughs) You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler pretension. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything to plug right now? 
Uh, no, I don't. Unfortunately, I'm not, uh, what are you, like, I, what's keeping you busy? I don't understand. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I definitely, you know, it's, uh, parenthood is an interesting thing, especially like with, with twins, like they just require so much of your time and you love them, but there's, there is a, a, a certainly a melancholy quality to it when you realize that like your old life is just not feasible anymore uh at least not the way that it was and there's something very really really that has never been the case in my life like obviously getting married is a big deal moving to a new state is a big deal but like this is very different like you just can't carry on the way you were and i think there are moments that where that really hits me and one of them is like i have so many ideas i have ideas of things i want to write of things i want to record and then you realize like you have to try and fit that in around your job and around the feeding and sleeping schedule of newborn two newborn boys. And uh, it's, it's pretty tough, but uh, hopefully, you know, as I slowly but surely reintroduce things like, uh, like battleship retention, uh, hopefully I'll get a, a handle on things and I'll be able to do more stuff for more than one lesson and for, for BP. Not that anyone asked for that. Sorry. <laughs> uh well uh good luck with all that and uh uh thank you at home for listening we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 